This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by Syngenta. More than 26,000 people in over 90 countries who are helping the world's farmers grow more from less. Syngenta believes that farmers can produce enough to meet the world's needs and safeguard our planet if we link technology, land, and people, the foundation of a sustainable production system focusing on strong rural economies and resource efficiency. See all they're doing at Syngenta.com. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Dr. Joe Astrup, you're a political science professor at Kansas State University. I understand that you specialize in elections on the state and national level. If you look at the elections going on now in Kansas and across the country, what do you see as happening in our society as it relates to partisan politics? I think what we'll see is what most analysts have already noted, that the country remains largely divided. Uh, this tends to be a sectional divide. Uh, the northeast and the west coast uh, tend to be more oriented towards uh, the Democratic Party, and uh, you can see that those states will pretty reliably vote uh, for the Democrats. Um, you'll also see, though, that the Plain States and uh, the American South will also be pretty just as reliably Republican, maybe even more so red, so to speak, than those states in the Northeast and West Coast are blue. And then we'll see a certain number of states, about anywhere from eight to ten of them, depending upon how you count them, that are uh, kind of the battleground states where there is no clear majority party. Uh, and those states will determine who will be elected on, on Tuesday. Um, and by and large, right now, uh, those states um, seem to be a little bit more tilted towards uh, President Obama and reelecting him than they are tilted towards Mitt Romney. But, uh, uh, you know, that's the reason why we have elections. If you were to look at the farm vote or the people who have an agricultural base uh, for Tuesday's election, uh, which of the presidential candidates do you think they'll favor? Well, I think it's uh, traditionally been that the farm vote uh, favors the Republican candidate. It uh, doesn't really much matter which Republican candidate we're talking about. And it seems to me the farm vote may be even more oriented towards the Republican candidate in this election than perhaps in the past. Uh, and uh, I think that is uh, that is certainly to the benefit of Mitt Romney. Uh, the issue is, is kind of as you move across the country, you know, I don't know that the farm vote, um, let's put it this way, in a state like Kansas, the farm vote contributes to the what will be a very large Republican victory. In a state like Iowa, whereby the farm vote is uh, plays a pivotal role in terms of determining what is currently a split state, uh, I think there that may help Mitt Romney win that state. Those farm votes are, are as critical as I think they are. Is there a difference between the farm vote and the rural vote in these Midwestern states? Uh, if there is a difference, it's a slight one. Uh, the rural vote tends to be very strongly oriented towards the Republican candidates usually. Uh, there are kind of community exceptions. Um, for example, in the state of Kansas, Ellis County and Hayes tend to be a little bit more Democratic than the the average uh, county in the far western half of the state. But by and large, uh, most 
of rural areas, which includes the farm vote, tend to be oriented towards the Republican side of things. Is there any other uh, breakdown of uh, people in agriculture that you define, such as farmers versus ranchers or or agribusiness uh, versus any others, uh, as far as you see their political leanings? I don't see that uh, right now that uh, those breakdowns are particularly significant for determining whether or not um, they vote Republican or Democrat. Uh, right now, by and large, you know, there isn't really a, a, a huge, I don't see a cleavage among those groups that suggests that one of those groups is a little bit more Democratic than, than Republican. Almost all of them tend to be oriented towards uh, voting Republican right now in this election. Joe, I know you've been uh, dissecting the voting populations out there, but if you focus on agriculture and you look back four years, mm-hmm. many people have been you know, utilizing that. Are you better off than you four, were four years ago? Well, if you look at agriculture, um, certainly there's a lot of indications that agriculture is better off than four years ago, at least in some sectors. Uh, so it seems to contradict what the... Uh, the cry is for a change. And I think the interesting thing is that, yes, the farm economy is much improved, and I think that uh, that, uh, that is ironically tied to some of the environmental restrictions that we have, for example, for gasoline production. Uh, ethanol uh, production, which will, those, those, I believe those, uh, those requirements will be in place at least till 2018, uh, certainly help uh, with uh, farm commodity prices. And, uh, and w- while they do hurt, I-, I would hasten to add those individuals who are in-, in stockyards because feed is much more expensive than it was in the past. Overall, the farm economy uh, has benefited from exactly you know ethanol requirements that are currently uh, part of the gasoline uh, production. What happens with voters is that traditionally with voters... It- a lot of times we think it's pocketbook voting, but oftentimes really what happens is voters make a decision based upon kind of their ideological preferences as well as what they view as the overall state of the way in which the country is going. And and I think in many respects, uh, you know, the preference towards Republicans really represents a preference towards the type of policies that Republicans generally prescribed for the farm economy. And so uh, what takes place from year to year, I think everybody expects that to go up and down just like the weather goes up and down, uh, somewhat unpredictably. But by and large, I think the farm, the farmers and ranchers across the country, including in Kansas, prefer the Republican approach. And so that's the reason why you see them voting Republican more often than not. I want to come back to the national level in a moment, but do you have any predictions on the U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate as far as any upheaval or political change? I think right now the way everything is looking that uh, that the Republicans will maintain control of the United States House uh, of Representatives, whereas the Democrats are likely to maintain control of the United States Senate. And there are a lot of individual races that will determine that outcome. Uh, for example, Missouri, which at one time looked like would be a fertile ground for some Republican candidate to win, that particular Republican candidate made some uh, rather... Uh, 
unfortunate statements, and uh, I think as a consequence, Claire McCaskill is likely to win that state. Uh, Indiana, another state that should be trending towards a Republican uh, senatorial candidate, uh, also uh, that particular Senate candidate uh, made some uh, rather unfortunate comments, and that has also hurt his uh, opportunities for perhaps winning that state. Do you think that just having this election and moving on through it with either candidate will lessen the amount of gridlock that we have witnessed in Congress over the last several years? I don't anticipate that the gridlock, uh, by definition, will be resolved by this uh, election, whether it's Mitt Romney winning or uh, President Barack Obama. Although I would say this, that... um, that the Democrats uh, right now, uh, because of the nature in which uh, particular the senators have been elected across uh, across the country, there are certain senators like Claire McCaskill in, in Missouri. There are senators that have been elected in what might be called red territories, Democratic senators that have been elected in red states, and those senators will be a little bit more likely maybe to compromise with Republicans than Let's say, on the other hand, uh, a, a Republican-controlled uh, controlled, um, Congress will. There is a chance that if Mitt Romney were elected, that uh, the gridlock might not uh, be quite as uh, entrenched, and there may be a greater probability that there would be less gridlock um, than if Obama is elected. Because we do know this, that... Uh, that the U.S., the Republican-controlled U.S. House of Representatives will not cooperate in any way, shape, or form with President Obama. And that has become clear, uh, that they refuse to compromise. And as long as that's the case, and they refuse to compromise with Obama, then I think that uh, we're guaranteed to have gridlock if Obama wins. If Mitt Romney wins, it could be the case that some of these Democratic senators uh, who are elected in red states uh, could be more likely to bend and thus create just enough of a majority in the Senate to uh, go ahead and be able to pass and get, get past some of the gridlock. Dr. Joe Astrup, I appreciate you talking with me. I'd like to finish up with uh, a projection, if you'd like to make it, of the next four years if we continue with President Obama that many in agriculture fear that uh, the EPA will have a greater role and that there will be a number of things that will be negative for business in his second term. You know, I realize there's a fear of President Obama, and I think that uh, there's, there's a lot of individuals, particularly in our farm economy and our business economy, who have who have heard many things regarding what President Obama uh, plans to do. I remember that there was this uh, this this fear that Obama was going to somehow uh, start regulating the amount of of dust coming off our farm roads as part of uh, uh, pollution control, uh, and that was that proved to be unfounded. Um, I, I think I think in these kinds of situations that. Um, that the dire consequences that are oftentimes associated with elections are oftentimes overstated. Um, Part of it is that uh, it's part of mobilizing people to get out and vote for a particular candidate and getting those individuals to show up with some enthusiasm so that way they will contribute. Uh, We see both both sides tend to exaggerate a great deal. 
the simple fact is is that we've been having elections in this country for well over 200 years, and every every four years it's the same prediction that if the other guy controls, that the whole country will go down the tubes, uh, and that um, and that businesses will no longer hire, and that uh, farmers will be put into uh, a bad situation. And, and, and indeed, the last four years, if you would go back four years ago, that prediction was already made for the farm economy, that if Obama took control, life would stop as we know it for farmers. The reality is is that life didn't stop as we know it for farmers, and farmers had a pretty good four years under the Obama administration. And that's because, frankly, a lot of times, uh, you know, our politicians just don't have as much control of the situation as what we sometimes pretend that they do. And so I think in this particular situation that uh, if Obama does win re-election, the issues will come down to things like, for example, the national debt and extending the debt ceiling. And those types of issues will play much more of an important role in terms of, uh, in terms of our wealth and wealth creation. I'm not quite sure that uh, that regulation through the EPA uh, will be as critical in terms of determining the future of farming in, in the United States or in Kansas. Dr. Joe Astrup, thank you very much for being our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. Thank you very much for inviting me. This AgriPulse Open Mic was brought to you by Syngenta, which is helping the world's farmers grow more from less while safeguarding our planet. As a technology innovator, Syngenta is doing its part by developing integrated solutions with crop production, seeds, and seed care. See all they're doing at Syngenta.com. I'm Ken Root.